Hi, everyone. I am welcome back to the Self Care with Gracie podcast, and I'm here with my dear friend and client and marketing maven. That's what I'm going to call you, Caroline. <laughs> and we're we're recording the first in a series of five podcasts, which um, will come out over this next month on uh, the topic of from guilt to greatness how to transform your inner control freak into a true goddess. And this is Caroline and I have done some really cool collaborations together around the liberate your love campaign, which really showed us how to use like the magic of Ayurveda to go from feeling disassociated into like the love of our own heart. But we had to move through anger to get there. I, I love that one that, that we came up with. And, and this one was what came out of a collaboration of us talking about like, our current edges around self-care and like what we really feel like is deep below the surface that like we want, but also what holds us back. And what I want this series to be about is just a, a way for us all to learn through conversation um, around these common topics, which I think is like our one desire we have to stay pretty small. And I think we use guilt as a way to do that. And then this other desire in us to get really big and be great and, um, and I think that that brings up a lot of fear as well. So Carolyn and I mapped out like what we think the journey is about moving from clinging and moving towards an, an embracing of our power. And so mm -hmm. I thought it would be appropriate. I'll, I'll have different guests on over these next five weeks, but I, I really wanted to start with Caroline because this came out of uh, a talk that we had and for us to really explore this idea of what is, what is clinging and what is like, control and how we use that in our lives and uh and what what's behind that so I'm, I'm just starting this conversation off saying that I don't really know where it's going to go and I don't want to know where it's going to go because I want to learn something <laughs> and I'm really grateful to have you here Caroline so thank you for for taking the time uh yeah likewise no this is a pleasure and um I love our conversations and I also don't know where this is going to go so I'm I'm excited to see where it goes. <laughs> well, let's jump in. Um, and, and also, I forgot to say one thing that I, I, what, what has come out of this work around self-care that continues to just bowl me over is how much I, I feel like the self-care work is really a form, of fem a, a form of leadership. And I really think it is like a feminine leadership of how to, how to care for ourselves from within and look at these deeper issues. So just to plant that seed too, that we can, we can touch on what it is to be a great, a great feminine leader and what that even means. I think we're still articulating that. So, all right, let's talk about control. <laughs> how, how are you experiencing control these days and how is that factored in because you've done some of the self-care work you've taken the self-care 101 10 week course and also the six month long continuity program after and I'm curious what that work how that's affected your experience of control and what that revealed to you yeah yeah such a good question um well I would say historically my relationship to control is uh that like a lot of people I like to have it and um it's funny actually my housemates and I have this like running joke about how I during our house meetings I kind of become the like de facto facilitator 
And so, yeah, I would say a lot of my closer relationships there, um, we can joke about like, oh yeah, like Caroline, you know, has likes to maximize her time and like know what's coming up. And, um, I, yeah, I think my close friends can see that tendency in me. Um, and it's been really refreshing the last, I would say like six months in particular, just surrendering to, uh, the unknown in like a, a much broader way than I have in the past, um, where I, I feel much more okay with the like bigger uncertainties of my life. And, uh, I don't feel like I'm spending as much time and energy on a day-to-day basis trying to uh, have it all figured out or, or have the appearance that I have it all figured out. Um, And that's been really nice and um, just allowed me to enjoy my life in its current state, which I think is, uh, I've been talking to my dad about this actually lately and, and it's it's funny because that's a relationship where I think in the past I have, um, you know, wanted approval from from him in terms of like, hey, I'm doing it right, right? Like you trust me, I'm I'm meeting your expectations for how I should live my life. And he's like such a great dad and so trusting of me. And yet, like I do feel that sort of self consciousness sometimes around like does he worry about me that I like don't have everything figured out? And lately we've just been talking about that exact paradox. And he's like, yeah, I don't, I don't really think we ever do get it quote figured out, you know? And this is like, you know, a man who's, who's aging and, um, yeah, kind of in the prime of his life. And it's been really sweet having those conversations with him. Um, and I'd say the last place in my life and in particular a place where, Gracie and I have been exploring together is um, the need for control in relationships, particularly in romantic relationships and how that, how that comes out. And um, we were both talking the other day about this, like deep, like how maybe the fear of abandonment is even sharper for us than the fear of, being alone (laughs) Um, because that's one thing that the self-care program really helped me to embrace is just the fact that I enjoy being alone, uh, spending time by myself and that solitude is is something that's important to me Uh, both on a day-to-day basis, but then also just this sort of more existential acceptance that like we come in and out of this world alone and um, that that doesn't need to be, uh, a state to to try to get out of, but that it's part of the human experience. And um, yeah, so like being okay with being alone, but then being really afraid getting into intimate relationships with other people that, um, you know, oh, I like them more, or they're going to walk away, or they're not going to be what I need them to be, or just all these different variations on what I think is a deeper fear of um, of being unlove unlovable or not lovable enough. Um, and, and how that, that seems to be kind of a need to like 
control the outcome and, and maybe even like the feelings of another person, what they, what they give me or what they do. Um, and yeah. And that, and that really ultimately has felt like it's limited the type of intimacy that I can have with someone. Yep. <laughs> check, check, check. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing that. And yeah, I, I, I feel you so much in that. Like it, it really is like, I, I feel like I have really beautiful communication and really like a lot of, of people that I'm not in a romantic relationship with. I think I, like my friendships have always felt this way where I've been able to keep really good boundaries. And if someone's having a bad day, kind of give them their space and like, especially like clients, like a really great boundaries. And then when it comes to like romantic relationships, it, it is, it's like, feels like such a vulnerable space for for me to be in like of, of like how to really be myself which feels so natural in certain parts of my life mm-hmm. it's like areas where like I just couldn't imagine how to not be myself mm-hmm. and then when I get into this one space where I feel like potential for rejection it I just I really notice that I close my heart off mm-hmm. and it um and it's it's happened my whole life and, and I, and I can't do it anymore is the thing that like, I'm, I'm like kind of stepping into some like romantic situations in my own life again, after not for a long, being there for a long time. And, um, and it doesn't, it doesn't work. Like, it's like, it feels too hard to shut my heart down. It's like, whatever's happening in this work, like my heart feels so open these days to everybody and everything. And I feel so much natural generosity of just like, I'm receiving so much from the people around me and I'm giving so much back. And then I just, I get more and more and more energy from it. And Mm. then to step into this other role of like the old way of doing things for me, it's, it's really the contrast is greater between Mm. that, that love and generosity and then the like control and the shutting things down. And I, it feels, um, frustrating but also I feel like there's such a potential to really see it because I think I have more distance from it right now and so that's what I think this conversation maybe is you know making it like public a little bit and just talking about it (laughs) and like relating because I think a lot of the self-care work that I love is that like you and I can just sit in this together like maybe we won't solve it but it makes me feel like less alone just to know that you also are are in it in the same way um well, okay. So let's look at like what the intelligence of control is, because there has to be a reason that we're doing it, right? That when we, and maybe when you're, if anyone's listening out there and you're like, but I'm great in romantic relationships, but then I get to work mm-hmm. and I do the, like, we can see how we, we probably are doing it in some area in our lives, especially mm-hmm. if you're feeling guilty, which I, this is just something I hear from clients over and over and over again. And I see in my friends just like, we're, we feel guilty for standing up for ourselves. We feel guilty for asking for what we want feel guilty saying no. So I think if the guilt feelings are there, we have to look at control a little bit. Yeah, totally. So where do you see the intelligence of control? Like what is, what's the, what's the benefit of doing it? Um, well, I think, I think you and I were talking about this months back and I actually brought this up with, um, somebody I'm seeing right now where, um, the idea that, somebody's greatest strengths are also their greatest weaknesses. And so for me, or are related to somehow their greatest weaknesses. And for me, 
uh, I have, I'm, um, a pretty independent person and I would say I have strong standards for the people that I let into my life and give my time and my love and energy. And so my strength there is, is being discerning and, and honoring what I need. And I, I think my, um, and the intelligence behind that is that, um, I don't stay long in relationships that don't feel like they're serving me. Um, and it's, I think that the, the weakness there, the limitation there is, um, that, uh, I think I can sometimes end up, uh, projecting past experiences and expectations onto a relationship and making it, um, just making it resemble, uh, a picture that I'm used to and, and kind of acting off of that. Um, but yeah, I think I've been thinking about this lately and I think for women in particular, there is, um, the reality that, there are certain dynamics within relationships and sex and in general, like, I mean, being in the working world, um, you know, in, in relationships with men that aren't romantic, um, that there are, there are ways that we, um, are seen as objects or, or, are sort of asked to objectify ourselves. And I think that comes with a lot of um, baggage and particularly in, in romantic relationships. Like I feel that very strongly. Um, and, and so uh, some of, some of the intelligence is like not playing into that broader social dynamic, that like way that we're socialized to interact with men um, where it's like, I, you know, I need your approval uh, I want to feel like you see that I'm pretty or sexual or, and so I'm going to do X, Y, and Z in order to get that validation from you. Or it's like the narrative around, um, feeling needy or clingy and like reacting to that or avoiding that or playing into that. Um, like being the one to talk about feelings and like the, the processor and feeling like that's, we've taught been taught that men don't want to do that or that that's like scary for them. Um, yeah. So, uh, I, I think there's an intelligence and then I, yeah, like I said, the, um, the flip side of that is that, um, yeah, going in with my armor in these situations, um, oftentimes limits the amount of intimacy I can actually experience with someone and just, seeing that person for who they really are and not just as like a a product of society. Yeah. Like a real living, breathing human being that like Mm -hmm. has thoughts and feelings the same way that we do. Yeah. There's, I I feel like the objectification piece feels really important when you talk like that is, I went to a party on Friday night and it was a group of people that I had just spent the weekend uh, the weekend before going to this Burning Man kind of festival. And I met a lot of the people and I was so relaxed and kind of spacious that weekend. Mm-hmm. It was really didn't feel 
objectified or needing to objectify anyone else. I just felt kind of like myself and it was very beautiful. I like love that flow. But then there was like a party of like a get together of people who had gone with other people. And it was like in this house and it was really crowded and it was late and it was loud. And a lot of things like I felt really overstimulated being there. I don't, I don't go to a lot of those parties anymore. And I <laughs> noticed that I started looking around at the men in the room more and wanting to kind of align myself more with them. And like, fe- I'd like feeling like this thing in me, like I was, I guess it was flirting. I don't know what it was. It wasn't, I wasn't like super calculated, but I was looking at, I was thinking about it the next morning. I was like, Oh, I think I was trying to feel more powerful in that moment. And I think something to me about getting that kind of masculine gaze makes mm-hmm. me feel more powerful. And, yeah. and that can be a beautiful thing. It's like, I feel like I've been in relationship with, with, um, with that kind of masculine element before. And, mm-hmm. and when I, I always, I'm always like really careful. Like I don't want to be too heteronormative in this. Cause I think mm-hmm. it's for me, I really do align like a little bit more feminine in terms of just the way that I orient to the world. And I, mm-hmm you know, I'm attracted more to like a traditional masculine. And, but when I, when I, and, but I know that those energies can play out in different bodies beautifully. And I like love that dance. But in this case, it was more like men that I was orienting to in that way. And I, and I have been in relationship where a, a, that masculine could see me in a way. And it really helped me to like feel more powerful. And there's no other, like, it's like, I think I want to say that like, I don't need that, but I kind of feel like it's nice. Like mm. I, I really do like that if it's more heart centered and mm-hmm. the moment I was feeling more fear-based, I guess, of just sort of overwhelmed and wanting to shut things. I think, I think I was using it as a way to shut things down and make things a little smaller. Mm. It was like an overstimulated environment. So I'm thinking about like what the intelligence of control is for me. And it's maybe it's just mm. making it more like, you know, is, can I get control over this kind of like, dominant masculine element which I still think even though some parts of my logic know is that's complete bullshit I think there's still something in the psyche that like looks at that as the authority that would Mm. grant power or something Mm. it's also like horrible to say it out loud I'm like uh (laughs) Mm. but I think that's what was happening in that moment Mm. wow yeah that's an interesting way of of putting it I'm sure I've experienced that um, and, and done that. And I've, I've never really thought about it in that way, but, but there is something about, and I think that women are socialized to do this where we, um, our sexuality and attraction is a form of power and it is, um, it feels good to use it, you know, to, I mean, it's, it's to have power feels good. Um, and to be seen as attractive. Um, and I don't want to say that that's inherently wrong. I think sexuality is a form of power and, um, and I like feeling attractive too. And I think it does kind of come down to what you're describing. Is it, is it a narrowing of the way that we relate to one another or is it an opening? And, um, particularly, with um, relationships with other women, I think we're taught to kind of compete for that attention and, and see it as like a, a scarce resource um, or that we can only get it if we express in certain ways. You know, we need to be like traditionally feminine or um, that like 
if I, if I showed up as myself in sweatpants or whatever, that maybe I wouldn't get it. And, um, I think the times that have felt most empowering for me and where I felt most, um, attractive in an authentic way is just when I feel like I am showing up with my whole self and then being seen and, and also allowing someone else to, to show up as themselves and, and see them. And that, that feels like intimacy for me. Sounds, sounds like it for me too. Just like Mm -hmm. letting the messy aspects of myself be loved. Yeah. I think I'm really good at letting the, like the shiny, happy elements of myself be loved, but to like take, take the mask off and like see into the ugliness because I think in all of us like there's so much beauty but if beauty exists there's also Mm -hmm. ugliness like there's no way that we can just make the ugliness go away and I mean I just kind of want to throw up even when I talk about it Mm. (laughs) because it feels so vulnerable and so like um deep but I do think that there I don't think that I can open in relationship until I know that it's okay to bring those parts of myself forward because they're definitely Mm -hmm. there and I think with my good friendships, like those come out and I feel like they're met with a lot of love. And so I know that I know that they, that I can bring them forth, but I think this is like, I think for like what we're talking about, it's like for so many years and generations and, you know, really huge like shift is that we as women that, that was like probably the only way that we had to get power was our sexuality mm-hmm. and our beauty and how to use that in a way that we don't get rid of it. We don't like flatten it out, but like we can celebrate it, but to do it in places where we feel safe enough. Mm. And so the control feels really important. It's like, I want to be in control to say no, I don't actually want to like have you look at me right now. And I'm not going to show you the most vulnerable parts of myself because I don't feel safe in your presence. Mm -hmm. And like, I love that use of control, but I also really love being able to like, once I use my control to put myself in a safe situation to practice the opposite of that. What is the opposite? Letting go. Is it letting go? Yeah. Yeah. Letting go. And then, um, yeah, what were we talking about before that there's this like spectrum of what we do with our bodies or with our hands or with our emotions where we're like clinging and then letting go. And then sometimes that letting go creates an opening to actually embrace whatever, embrace the moment, embrace our feelings, embrace someone else. Um, This has a very different energy behind it than clinging. Clinging is like, if I don't have this thing, I won't survive. Mm. Yeah. And that's really associated with like our survival needs, I think. And mm-hmm. we were mapping, Caroline and I are mapping this out. We're kind of saying what the journey is from clinging to like letting go and embracing power and, and then expressing that. And we were saying like for people who are more yogically aligned, it's like traveling through the chakra system where you're starting with the clinging, which is more about earthly kind of, survival and it, and what I hear in this conversation is that we had to control and I'm going to use the word manipulate too because I think that when that's when it's a really low frequency for me it's manipulation that I'm using mm. like my my power as a woman to manipulate to get power like mm-hmm. I don't think I can find it 
in an authentic way. So I manipulate, but I think that that the intelligence is that we had to do that to survive. And now we're living in a day and an age where we don't have to do that to survive anymore. But I, so I think it's, and we had to compete for it. Like you were saying with other women, so we could get the, the hunter male <laughs> or whatever. So we could feed our children, you know, like all of this is like not coming out of a bad place, but like mm. I, I'm sensing it's an outdated system that it's, we don't need to be calculated and we can really affirm for ourselves. Like I'm safe. Like I can take care mm. of myself. I can, I can, you know, cut from myself <laughs> metaphorically or actual, if you want to. Mm. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it's interesting when you were talking about manipulation, I started thinking about seduction and how seduction could be um, an experience, like could be the experience of manipulating somebody sexually. And it could also be something really beautiful that involves a lot of intimacy and like what, what is it that makes it either manipulative or or an experience in intimacy. And um, I think it is, uh, it is what we were talking about being, showing up fully and then, and having it be like a a communion with someone else or um, like a reciprocal game, reciprocal, dialogue and and uh I think for women we have well for women and men I think we do um we're taught to approach sex and and intimacy as almost more of a performance and um the experience of that is really isolating and I've been thinking about this lately with everything that's going on with the presidential campaign and with the video that came out from 11 years ago with Donald Trump. And I think um, it's just the thing that makes me really angry. And, and is, it also makes me really sad is that um, it's a really uh, alienating experience. If uh, women, if men don't see women as, real human beings that they're able to relate to um, beyond just lusting over or trying to, uh, to capture or, or, you know, win. And uh, and it obviously it's also very alienating for women to, to feel like that's the way that they're looked at. Um, And I think even in, even though we, I know that, you know, not every man sees women in that way and, and definitely not every man that I've been with, um, there, I think that is still baggage that I bring to intimacy. And it's, it's something that, um, I think needs to be acknowledged. And then, um, where there's an opening, uh, you know, that that's like, having having that conversation or acknowledging that is a form of control to say like i'm going to choose to do something differently and then there is kind of a secondary letting go of like okay i'm going to forgive or um you know 
put my attention on something else and allow this interaction to feel differently than all of that. Beautiful. Yeah. Well, I hear in that, like you're changing up the habit and the pattern. Mm. It's like to just even say, okay, this is what's happening in the situation. It's not what I want to have happen. And I'm going to communicate that directly is really powerful because you're not, you're not just like a victim in that anymore because you're, you're able to experience like actual communication and being probably the vulnerability of like speaking Mm -hmm. that and the vulnerability of having to just listen to a response and look into a human soul. Who's also probably really struggling with this stuff as well, Mm -hmm. how to make sense of how to change over to a different way of being. And, and like the thing about seduction is like, I think that we get seductive when we don't feel like we can get our needs met directly. So we we can get them met indirectly. And Mm. I think if we can get our needs met directly or to just know that we can meet our own needs directly, that like, I'm not dependent on this person to like buy me anything or tell me I'm amazing. Or it's like, I know that from like a deep place. And this is where I think females definitely, we need to support each other. Cause I think that the feminine energy that we can give each other when we're really are supporting each other is something that no masculine can ever give us. Like it's like mm. to really know that we're held and we're like our sisters have our back and all of that. Like, I think we can have more support as we go in to this like very tricky masculine feminine dynamic in a different way. Not, not so armored when it's safe, when we have good, good people to like engage with, but to like, to let, to let the armor down and, and to experience that true, that truer empowerment of like, I don't need you, but I want you and mm. and like take me as I am and we can have fun with this. If we like mm. can take all the perfectionism aside or needing to get this right or needing to win. Hmm. Oh, I know. Carol- I know Caroline has a, a stop time here. <laughs> I have more questions, but maybe this is good well, to jump in yeah. and like a little, a little bite-sized piece of it to to begin I think I think we've said a lot in this conversation that probably has given people things to think about yeah yeah I know we've just barely skimmed the surface but um I'm looking forward to seeing where other people come at this from and and like you said this is I feel like with my with my female friends and my housemates there's just such a when I'm real about this stuff I always I'm surprised that how, how much other women can relate to some of these things that feel sometimes really shameful and like, oh, I'm the only person who experiences X, Y, or Z. But, um, yeah, that, that, uh, like collective healing is, is really powerful. Yeah, truly, truly. But if we all kind of look at like why we're guilty here, we're like, oh, maybe we're not guilty. Maybe we just are evolving and changing and that. So, all right. Thank you, darling. It's wonderful to be with you. And thank you to everyone who has been listening. I'm looking forward to these next four weeks. Please write me at selfcarewithgracie at gmail.com with any ideas or feedback. And I'm, I want this to be as collaborative of a process as possible because we're going to make some breakthroughs. I can feel it already. So, all right. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you. Bye, Gracie. Bye-bye. Hi, this is Gracie with Beautiful Life Self-Care. Thanks so much for listening to the show. I hope you learned something new. If you want to connect more, then visit me at selfcarewithgracie.com. 
there you can sign up for my weekly newsletter where on Wednesday afternoons I'll send you more self-care practices, more inspiration, and more opportunity to connect to a community of people who really care about really good self-care. Also write me if you have any other questions or if you have ideas for future shows. My email address is selfcarewithgracie at gmail.com. Thanks a lot. And remember, keep putting yourself first and everything else will fall into place.